0: Maybe one reason that we have trouble hearing God's voice is because we're trying to listen to too many other voices. Here's Pastor Trent Griffith. Do you know how many
1: distractions we have
0: that the apostles didn't
1: have? How many screens are talking to you? How many things are in your ears? How little there is a quiet moment in your day? The Holy Spirit is speaking to many of you, but He's competing with your earphones. Your iPods, your iPhones, your televisions, your sporting events, your books, and every other thing that is distracting you, everything's competing for your ear. You find a quiet moment, take out the headphones, turn off the device, get alone with God. You'll be surprised at how loud the voice of the Spirit
0: is in your life. Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, Senior Pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. Well, Merry Christmas. Tis the season for love and joy and cheer and lots of noise. Well, we have just what you need to make your holidays even more stressful.
2: During the holiday season, is your family like most? Does your calendar look barren and empty for the month of December? Do you find yourself spending too much time relaxing and pondering the importance of Christ's birth?
0: Away in a manger, no crib for a bed.
2: Do you get just plain too much quality time with your kids between Thanksgiving and New Year's? Does the thought of the holiday season bring to mind fears of endless hours with your feet propped up? in front of a cozy fire burning in the warm hearth of your home? Well, not anymore. Not if you use the Happy Hyper Holiday Helper. We can turn a quiet and boring Christmas season into a panicked, frenetic, fast-paced, pack-in-all-you-can series of events. Here's what our Calendar Consulting Package will do for you. We'll send out a book of recipes of intricate design, festive appeal, recipes that will take you hours to complete and perfect. We'll also offer suggestions to make your holiday meals the finest dining experience possible, including proper ways of folding napkins, creating extravagant homemade centerpieces, and personalized place settings for your holiday guests. We'll show you the importance of being over-involved in your local church or place of worship. Concerts and pageants, and services and recitals, all requiring many rehearsals and much preparation. And lastly, and most importantly, we'll show you how true Christmas happiness can only happen for your kids if you've given them multiple lavish and perfectly wrapped gifts. And we'll make you feel guilty if you've not bought at least a stocking stuffer for all of your relatives to the third and fourth generation. We'll impress on you that there is not a shop, a store, or a mall within a 50-mile radius of your home that should remain unvisited by you. All this with the purchase of the Happy Hyper Holiday Helper. You could choose not to use it, but we warn you, if you don't, all you'll have is... The Lord
0: Jesus <sighs> asleep on the hay.
2: The manger and your family, and we all know what that's like.
0: Ouch. To order your very own Happy Hyper Holiday Helper, call now. Operators are not standing by. Seriously, though, do you find it hard to pause long enough to hear God speaking to you? Especially at this time of year? You know, sometimes it's a battle to just open our Bibles and read a few verses, isn't it? Today we're wrapping up a series called Help, and over the past couple of months here on Resonate, we've been learning a lot about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to go back and listen to any of our past Resonate programs, just head over to harvestgranger.org resonate. Let's listen together. Here's Trent Griffith. How does the Holy Spirit speak? And
1: again, we're going to try to answer this with amazement and perplexity. We've already seen part of it here. Now, listen, the only way I know how to answer a question like that is to go to the Bible. I'm a Bible guy. So you ask me a question about the Bible. I just kind of have to look through the pages of the Bible and find some stuff. Oh, look, here's verse 17. And look at what this says. So how does the Holy Spirit speak? Well, first of all, he speaks with signs. What, what's the deal with these signs? What, what's going on? The word sign is very sig- significant. Get it? it I went to the the hardware store yesterday and I bought some paint and I paid for it with my credit card. Stuck my credit card in the machine, pulled it out. They still didn't give me my paint until they said, sign here. I'm like, why do you need my signature? Do, Do you get it? It's the signature that authorizes the purchase. It's the signature that validates you were here. There's nothing special about the signature. The signature points to a person. The Holy Spirit signs his name sometimes with prophecies, visions, and dreams to authenticate he was here, his presence is real, and he's authorizing what he has said to be true. You say, well why is this spooky? Does he speak any other way? Surely there's gotta be a better way. Can I opt for a different way? All in favor of a different way for the Holy Spirit to speak? Okay, here's a different way for the Holy Spirit to speak. Let's see if you like this one any better. Persecution. Anybody wanna go back to the signs? It's like if you had a choice between the prophecy, the vision, and the dream, or persecution, which of those two programs would you sign up for? Okay? So we get to Acts chapter eight, and this is what we read. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Does that sound familiar? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Where have we heard those words before? Acts chapter 1 Verse 8. Interesting, isn't it? We get to Acts 8, one, and these knuckleheads are still in Jerusalem. They've already received power. They're supposed to go out and preach the gospel. They're, not, they're supposed to be in Judea and Samaria. And so since apparently they didn't hear him the first time, he spoke through persecution. He made their lives so unbearable in Jerusalem they thought, I've got a great idea. Let's move to Judea. Let's move to Samaria. And what went with them? The good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. God uses persecution to get us right where we need to go. Is there another way the Holy Spirit speaks? Yeah, we keep reading and we find out sometimes he speaks through an angel. Acts eight twenty six. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go, toward the south. Can I just say, this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I've kind of made this my life verse. Rise and go to the south. I am still waiting for an angel to appear. Now listen, the, the idea here is the Holy Spirit gives very specific direction at times. It's like not north, not east, not west, south. And yet, sometimes he sends you northeast or south, or west, the idea is this. Philip was being sent to a sinner who needed the gospel. It was the Ethiopian eunuch. There are Ethiopian eunuchs in the south, in the north, in the east, in the west. And the idea is this. You can't go wrong as long as you are going with the gospel. The Holy Spirit is on a mission. He wants you moving. And so he speaks. And if he's got to send an angel to do it, I guess that's one of the ways that he speaks. Sometimes the Holy Spirit says, no, no. Stay here. Acts chapter 16. We read that they went through the region of Phrygia. That had to be a city in the north, don't you think? Phrygia? I mean, that's a, it had to be in the north. And Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. Wait a minute, wait a minute. He said, no, stay here. And when they had come to Mysia, they attempted to go to Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus didn't allow them. In Acts chapter 16, in a vision, Paul saw in the night a man of Macedonia standing there urging him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. And so, you know what's interesting? We're never really told how this happens, Did he see writing in the sky? Was it just an impression? Did he he have a feeling in his gut? Was there a peace in his spirit? Was there a check in his spirit? All the different terms that we use. We don't really know. We just know that they concluded God had called them. We continue. The Holy Spirit speaks through prayer. Acts chapter 10. Peter Went up on a housetop about the sixth hour to pray. So if you're having trouble hearing from God, just climb on top of your roof at noon. Back in the day, these were flat roofs. I wouldn't recommend that for you that have an incline to your roof. But it says he became hungry and he wanted something to eat. But while they're preparing it, he fell into a trance. Really? A trance. And he saw the heavens opened, and while Peter was pondering the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Not one man, not two men, not two ladies, three men. He spoke very specifically. And yet, we don't really know how. We don't know what he saw. The Holy Spirit spoke. Sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks through the consensus of leadership. Acts chapter 13 the church is having an elder meeting. There are five elders present, And as they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. He told three of them to stay where they're at. He told two of them, I want you to go. And of course they did. And as a result of that, we have the New Testament because they went and the Lord continued to spread the gospel through those men. Here's another great verse. I love this part. Acts chapter 15. Then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders with the whole church to choose men from among them and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. So Paul and Barnabas were sent out from the first elder meeting and now the the church is saying, now it's time to send more people with those two guys. But look at the phrase it begins with. It seemed good. No trance, no vision, no audible voice, no prophecy, no sign, no vision. It just seemed good. And it didn't just seem good to one person. It seemed good to the apostles. It seemed good to the elders. It seemed good to the whole church. Now listen, if it seems good to you to do something... You probably still need to wait till it seems good to the people that know you the best. The people that know you the best may say you're not ready. You're going to last about 36 hours and then you're going to skin your knee, come running home, sucking your thump. You might want to wait until you've been better equipped, until you've got more maturity, until maybe you have better direction. And so this is the the role of the church and the elders and the people that love you and know you the best. Wait for the consensus of leadership. Be humble enough to admit that you need the counsel of others in your life. Sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks through constraint. Acts chapter 20, Paul says, I am going to Jerusalem. Does that sound pretty confident to you? Going. Going. He's trying to get there. He says, I'm constrained by the Spirit. This is a confident, urgent passion. He can't escape it. It's almost like he is shackled and the Holy Spirit is dragging him. He can do no other than to go to Jerusalem, not knowing what happens to me there, except the Holy Spirit testifies to me. The Holy Spirit talks to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions are. Await me. Now, if the Holy Spirit was talking to you and said, if you go there, you're going to be put in prison and you're going to suffer much affliction. Would you see that as a red light or a green light? (laughs) You would see that as a red light. Obviously, the Holy Spirit is trying to warn me that there is a better life somewhere else. Paul saw that as a green light. He's like, well... In Paul's philosophy, if it was hard and difficult, it must have been from the Lord. Because it was going to require faith. And yet if it was easy, it's like, well, I don't want to do something easy people would like. I want to do something that's hard for the Lord. Do difficult things. And do you know that as he was imprisoned, what did he do when he was in prison? He just wrote the Bible. Are you glad he was in prison? Yeah, we're reading words because Paul was imprisoned and we can know these things about the Holy Spirit, about the Lord, because he didn't run from hard things. Third question. How do we listen when the Spirit speaks? Now, let me say this again. Uh, we do not need to look at the Holy Spirit like a magic eight ball. I don't know about you. Um, I was kind of taught It wasn't really taught. It was just kind of implied you know, finding out what the Lord wants you to do is a really hard thing. I mean, it's not hard for the Lord. The Holy Spirit has this big giant map of your life, you know, up in heaven. And it's got every little detail, every little twist and turn you're supposed to be on. And that's what is called the perfect will of God. And And it's a really hard thing. I mean, the Holy Spirit doesn't reveal it very much. It's just like, you kind of have to sneak around. You have to beg and plead with them. Just please show me. Please show me who I'm supposed to marry. Please show me where I'm supposed to go. And he never speaks. That's what we've been taught. That's not it. We've been taught that, you know, that's the perfect will of God, but we don't always get the perfect will of God because we're too stupid to figure it out. But there is the permissive will of God. And that's like, that's like detention for the kids that you know, flunked out of the perfect will of God. And it's like, you, you, don't, you don't get expelled, but you get in detention and you can stay there for a while and hopefully it'll work out for you, but it's just probably you know, plan B or C or maybe even Z for those of you that really are dense, right? That's kind of what I was taught. I was like, really, is it really that hard? That is not what the scripture teaches about the leading of the Holy Spirit. God has given spiritual people incredible freedom to live their lives in spiritual ways. Within God's will, I can marry who I want. Within God's will, I can live where I want. Within God's will, I can work and do what I want. We may not always know exactly which way the Spirit's leading, and yet, if you are a Spirit-filled person, When you get to the end of your life at every fork you had in the road, you're going to look back and it's like, well, he obviously led me there. And he turned it this way. And what I thought was a difficulty and what I was actually trying to avoid, he used all of that to get me exactly where he wanted me to go. How many of you would give that testimony? It's like I couldn't see it at the moment. I didn't know which way to turn. I just flipped a coin and went this way. The magic eight ball said to do this and I did it. And sure enough, the Holy Spirit used all of that. Now, some of you, I would say this, you have not lived your life in the will of the Lord because you have not been following God's written will in his word. And you may be wondering, I am so far from God's path. I wonder if God could ever use me again. The next decision you make to either obey or disobey the Lord will determine whether or not you are living in the will of the Lord. And so choose to submit yourself to the will of the Lord. Let me give you eight things real quick. Next time you're facing a decision, how can I know what the Spirit's leading me to do? First of all, yield yourself to obey whatever the Holy Spirit says. Isn't that what you're trying to say? Yes, but here's what I'm trying to say. Why should the Holy Spirit speak to you if you haven't already determined you're going to say yes, whatever he says? If you're thinking, Lord, speak to me and then I'll pray about it. (laughs) I'll I'll go get some counsel. I'll weigh the pros and the cons. He's not going to speak to you. He speaks to people who have yielded themselves to obey whatever he says. You sign your name at the bottom of a blank page and then he fills in the top. That's the way a spirit-filled person lives his life. By the way, if the spirit has already spoken to you about something that you have not obeyed, why in the world would you be expecting him to tell you something else? You shouldn't expect the spirit to say anything to you until you obeyed the last thing that he said. He's like, man, the spirit's been really silent for a decade. Yeah, remember that thing he told you to do 10 years ago? You done that yet? You might want to check that one off before you ask for another assignment. Yield yourself to obey whatever he says. Empty your ears of other voices. I was talking with Pastor West this week, and I was like, do you know how many distractions we have that the apostles didn't have? How many screens are talking to you? How many things are in your ears? How little there is a quiet moment in your day? The Holy Spirit is speaking to many of you, but he's competing with your earphones Your iPods, your iPhones, your televisions, your sporting events, your books, and every other thing that is distracting you, everything's competing for your ear. You find a quiet moment, take out the headphones, turn off the device, get alone with God. You'll be surprised at how loud the voice of the Spirit is in your life. Fill your mind with the written Word of God. The Holy Spirit has already spoken. Holy men of old wrote down what he said and they contained it in a book. We call it our Bibles. You should not expect to hear the voice of the Spirit until you have saturated your mind with the written word of God. And once you have filled your mind with the written word of God, now you have given the Holy Spirit ammunition to shoot. The Holy Spirit speaks through the Holy Bible. Number four, eliminate sinful options. I mean, that that will take care of about 90% of your need to make a decision. Just don't sin. Great command. And then ask for directions in prayer. James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Listen to wise counsel. Again, God has surrounded you with people that love you and want the best for your life. And so the Holy Spirit often speaks through people that may not even be in tune with the Spirit, but He uses them to get a message to you. And then this, make a plan. You said that's what I'm trying to do. If the Holy Spirit would speak, then I would make the plan. No, you have freedom to make plans, strategic plans, detailed plans, he said, "Well, I, I'm afraid I'll make a wrong plan. If you're making the wrong plan, the Holy Spirit will fix it. He will change it. But you cannot get caught up in analysis paralysis and just sit there and wait. I'm just waiting, just waiting for the Holy Spirit to speak. No, He wants you to move. He's already given you a command to go and make disciples. Are you doing that? So make a strategic plan about how you're going to spend your life to do that. He I, I might. That sounds risky. I don't know if I should do that. I might make a mistake.'" Paul didn't think it was risky. Now, think, I'm about to show you a verse. Paul had the gift of prophecy. I mean, the Holy Spirit took him to heaven at some point and showed him all kinds of visions and revelations. And I want, you to, I want you to notice how unspiritual his strategic plan looks in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, beginning in verse 4. If it seems advisable that I should go also. Now, first of all, what in the world are you starting a statement with the word if for? It doesn't sound like he's really confident he's got the right plan. And then he needs advice. It's gotta be advisable. If it is advisable that I should go also, they will accompany me. I will visit you after passing through Macedonia. I intend to pass through Macedonia. He's not quite sure. And perhaps... How wishy-washy can you be, Paul? I mean, come on, perhaps, is that the best you can do? Perhaps I will stay with you or, oh, well, you got a plan B here, or even spend the winter so that you may help me on my journey wherever I go. It's like, I don't know. Today I might wake up and feel like going this way, and tomorrow I might feel like going that way. Just wherever I go, Uh, for I do not want, what are you talking about what you want for? (laughs) Isn't this all about what God wants? For I want to see you just, I don't want to see you just in passing. I hope, oh, you have hopes. Are you sure those are sanctified, spirit-filled hopes? I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits, There there it is. And I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost. Well, how can you be so sure? Because there's an open door there. A wide open door for effectiveness has opened to me and there are many adversaries. Again, he's like, there's adversaries, Got to be God's will right there. That's going after that. Make a strategic plan. Do you really think the 12 inches between your two ears is going to thwart the sovereign, infinite purpose and plan of God for the universe? That somehow you're going to step outside of God's will and you're going to crash the whole sovereign plan of God? How arrogant to assume that God has your will contained within his will and so don't elevate the power of your mistake to somehow change God's plan for the universe enjoy your freedom Psalm 37 God says dwell in the land cultivate faithfulness delight yourself in the Lord and you will have an incredible freedom to see the Lord move in your life. Now I want you to stand with me right now, we're out of time, but I do wanna give you a moment just to respond to what the Spirit has said to you. I believe the Spirit of God has spoken. If you have not yet surrendered your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is saying to you, repent, believe the gospel, trust the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin the fire of God's wrath fell on Jesus so that you could experience the personal presence of the Holy Spirit in your life what has the Holy Spirit said to you has he brought to mind a sin has he brought to mind a command has he brought to mind something he told you to do 10 years ago Is there a name that comes to mind? Relationship that needs to be reconciled? Hebrews tells us today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Holy Spirit, thank you for being our teacher this morning. I pray that you would speak more specifically than even I can speak here. God, I pray that you would trouble the soul of those that are living outside of your will and give a sense of peace to those who are. And God, more than anything, we offer ourselves, we yield ourselves to be used on the mission of the Spirit, which is to get the Great Commission done. Preach the gospel in every language, to every person, every tribe and every tongue, so that Jesus would receive glory from those that he's created to be redeemed. We offer ourselves to you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Pastor Trent Griffith is the senior pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel in Granger, Indiana. We'd love to have you visit Harvest Bible Chapel for a worship service. We meet four times each Sunday. And for more information, service times in our church location, just visit harvestgranger.org. Again, that's harvestgranger.org. And be sure to follow us on Facebook by searching for Harvest Bible Chapel Granger. Well, I hope you have a very Merry Christmas and thanks for listening today. I'm Aaron Paulus, and I hope that you'll take time out of your busy season of celebration to stop and listen to the Holy Spirit. My prayer is that God's word would resonate in your heart this week. Resonate with Trent Griffith is a radio and podcast ministry of Harvest Bible Chapel Granger. Visit us online at harvestgranger.org.